Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we dive into real conversation about photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And now, let's dive into conversation. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, I am here with my, my new friend. We're becoming friends, Samantha Clark. <laughs> Samantha, thanks so much for joining the Boca Podcast today. No problem. No problem. Thank you so much for having me, Nathan. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And we're going to dive into a new topic for the Boca Podcast, which has to do with styled shoots. Um, and actually, before I introduce you to our listeners, and I even get to know you a little bit better, I'd love to start out with a value add for our listeners, something that I say on a regular basis now at the Boca Podcast is I like to get started with a bang, um, with with a value add for for people that for some reason maybe they had to stop at Starbucks or whatever the reason might be they they have to stop listening to the podcast after five minutes that they still walk away with something. So I, I'd like to ask you with regards to styled shoots, uh, what is one of the biggest mistakes a photographer can make in planning and carrying out a styled shoot? Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes is trying to accomplish it all on your own. Um, a style shoot is really about collaboration and coming together with a, a strong team. And I think sometimes as photographers, we try to take on everything, you know, and, and that's awesome if you're capable of it. But I personally think we all have talents and gifts. And so it's amazing to come together with a team of talented vendors, who really make the shoot possible and really um, accomplish big things together. So definitely collaboration is key to a successful style shoot. I love it. And and you so beautifully sum up that point. And it, it's a good reminder for me and really all of us, not just with styled shoots, but in business and even in life in general, it's easy sometimes to kind of you know put our head down and, and have blinders on and forget that there are those out there that are, not only willing to help us, but have a talent set, like you said, that that complement ours, and we can get so much more done together. And so what a beautiful reminder. Community is where it's at, and uh, so I think that's a great way to start out this conversation. So I'd like to get to know you personally. Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, that we would get to know you together, both our listeners and myself. We haven't had the chance to meet before, and uh, you really gave a wonderful introduction to yourself on your website. Uh, on the homepage of your website, you say, I'm a Canadian lawyer turned international photographer who decided to follow my heart. I'm chasing my dreams and traveling the world to capture life's pretty things. Uh, will you expound on that for us? Help us get to know you a little bit of it. T talk a little bit about your, your journey from being an attorney to a photographer or how those two uh, careers mix together, if you will. Sure. Um, so I have been a photographer for almost eight years now. Um, and all throughout my photography journey, I also had the passion to help people. And so I thought the best way to do that, um, especially in the world we live in, when there's where there's so much uh, inequality, I wanted to venture into the world of um, the legal world and sort of help people with that regard um, and become an advocate for 
people who didn't have the voice to help themselves. So I applied to law school and I basically studied at law school while running my photography business. And wow. so I ju yes. <laughs> I juggled the two for, for a while. How long did you function that way? Because I, I can only imagine the workload just had to be amazing. Yes. So I, so law school here in Canada is uh, about three years. And then we have one year of practical work in a legal setting. So it's about four years total. Um, and I was doing both. But I have to say photography was sort of my, my um, place of joy and the place where I could just be creative and be myself. So it was something that kept me sane while I was studying um, at law school and, and studying for the bar exam, which is really tough. Um, so I did both for a while and I practiced as well. Um, and I realized that I just couldn't put my camera down. Like there was no part of me that was interested in stopping my, my passion. Um, and so I recently made the transition um, to being a full-time photographer and it just hit me that I am helping people. I, I'm still helping people just in a different way. And I realized that what I'm truly passionate about is storytelling. So whether it's with my voice as a lawyer or with my camera, building a person's story is just super important. So that's sort of a little bit of my journey. And of course, now I'm traveling quite a bit and I'm able to work with amazing people all over Canada, US and wherever my camera takes me. I love it. Now, now this is a wonderful example of something that I've that's really struck me as of late, which is the, the notion of starting, when it comes to a career, making a decision about a career and what direction you wanna go. And there's so many options out there. And we run into this kind of paradox of choice, if you will. But when you start with your values, it's really a beautiful thing how starting with your values then enables you to choose multiple potential careers. You know, there's, you, it's easy to get stuck when you think that there's only one way you can go. But if, if what you're focused on first is your value set, in this case, ultimately, what is important to you is telling people's stories. And you can do that through as an attorney. You can do that as a photographer. And right now, you're particularly passionate about uh, being a photographer and telling people's stories that way. So you, that's the direction you picked. But ultimately, you're living out your values, and that's what's going to bring most fulfillment. Um, I think this is a beautiful example of that. And it's a good reminder for all of us, for myself and for our listeners when it comes to choosing you know, the type of photography that you go into or even the business model that you establish as a photographer, start with your values. Know where you want to go, the, the kind of big picture view. And this is something we've talked about on the podcast before. And that will help you, that will help drive the direction that you go as a photographer and a business owner. This is a really, really wonderful reminder. So thank you for that. You mentioned being an international photographer. And would you, would you say specifically an international wedding photographer or are you also a portrait photographer? What type of photography do you do? What is your brand position? So I'm definitely a wedding photographer through and through. Um, I also shoot portraits and I've lately been doing some commercial lifestyle work with some amazing PR companies. But I think weddings has, has a special place in my heart and I think I'm definitely about creating a legacy uh, and I feel like weddings really 
do that um, in terms of just having those family moments and the emotional moments that go into weddings. So I would say weddings are my, my, my bread and butter of, of my business. Wonderful. Now, in addition to being a photographer and, and having this outlet for telling stories as a photographer, one of the things that I noticed on your website that you seem to be really passionate about, um, and then ultimately on your YouTube channel as well, and we'll we'll link to all of these sites uh, in the show notes for this podcast episode, but you just have a really wonderful presence on camera uh, in your videos. You communicate really, really well. And this is something that I think is lacking a little bit in our industry. And so I wondered if you would just share briefly with our listeners how to more effectively communicate. I'm, this is something that you have to be able to do as an attorney, certainly. But is that where you learned these communication skills? Or was there another avenue through which you, you learned how to communicate well? What does that look like? And how can our photographers communicate more effectively, particularly with their clients? Definitely. So I, I do think um, being a lawyer has helped. Um, but part of the reason why I chose to go to law school was because I was just able to communicate well. And I, I think part of it is just um, uh, I like people a lot. <laughs> so I tend to really um, focus on listening to people and trying to understand what their needs might be. And I think that has helped me, you know, in my legal career and also as so if there's anything I can share with people is instead of just thinking about talking and getting your point across, um, find out what people need by listening. And so I think communication um, is really about listening first. So a lot of my videos and a lot of my content, even in my in the workshops that I do, it's based on things that I've um heard people struggle with or I've you know received direct messages about or I myself has have struggled with and felt like it was something that I should share um, with others so that that has helped just listening and also just preparing myself ahead of time um, if you're appearing for a client in court you're not going to show up unprepared with no notes um, I always try to be prepared whether it's for a video or a client meeting um, I like to think about what am I trying to convey? What's my purpose for this meeting? And um, what is it that they want to hear? And how can I convey that message in the best way possible? Now, would you say, I know it's not the same thing, but if you were going into court, uh, or in, in the, our listener's case, if they're getting ready to sit down for a meeting with their client, would you? how would you prepare? What did that look like? Were you standing in front of a mirror actually running through what you were going to say out loud? Were you simply reviewing the notes and just remembering the key points? What did that preparation process look like? So for me, um, I, I don't too much do the mirror talking anymore. Um, but if, if, if I needed to, I would. I think for me now what I focus on is what – so I, I try to put myself in their shoes. Um, so for me, I, I'm married now. It's been five years, and I think – it's easy for me to forget what it's like to plan a wedding and to feel all the emotions of being engaged and the anticipation of the big day. But what I like to do is just remember what it felt like um, to be in that position and how important photography really is to a couple. Um, most of my couples are really big on photography. They want to look great. Um, they want to feel connected and comfortable with, um, with the photographer, with me. So, 
what I like to do is um, share about myself and also inquire with them about what um, their story is. Because the more I hear from my couples, the more inspired I become. So whether that's, you know, I've heard so um, such amazing love stories about people living long distance or people just having ups and downs and then finding their way together and planning a wedding. And so it's really just about what can I ask them um, that will allow them to share their love story with me. And then I kind of think about, okay, how can I meet their needs or meet their expectations and become a friend as well in the process? Well, these are really wonderful points. When, when I think about really any relationship, the, the importance of listening. You actually, you mentioned your husband, you've been married for five years. Your husband's name is Andre, correct? Yes. <laughs> and, and you actually say on your website that he has helped you better understand what romance even is. And I, that, that almost seems like a podcast episode in and of itself. <laughs> but the, I, I love, I'm fascinated by relationships and, and the dynamics yeah. of various relationships. And that sounds really interesting to me. But, you know, this idea of, of listening uh, this is a good reminder for me and my personal relationships as well, but carrying that over to conversations with our clients, simply being available to listen, available, present, focused, and listening to what their needs are, and, and really not just listening to our clients as uh, individually, but also listening to the market as a whole and being aware of what people are looking for, what they want, is really, really important. And then that point about putting yourself in their shoes, you know, empathy of sorts, putting yourself in their shoes, feeling what they feel, and understanding what it is that they're looking for. These are really great reminders, and uh, I think good advice for the Book of Podcast listeners to keep in mind as they interact with their clients. Now, I, I have to, to jump to one of the videos that you actually had on your website, and again, we'll link to your YouTube channel because you've got a, a wonderful variety of content on your YouTube channel, but one of these videos you talked about embarrassing moments as a photographer and falling off a chair during a bride and groom speech. I, I have to have you tell our listeners about this because this is, I, I can only imagine how you had to feel, but um, tell, tell us what this scenario looked like. Cause it was quite hilarious. Yes. Um, so I was in St. Martin, a beautiful Island and I was shooting a very intimate um, elopement basically. Cause a lot of the people there didn't even know that they were about to witness a wedding. Um, and I, so I love, you know, just getting as many angles as I can. Um, so I'll start with that. I didn't realize at the time that I was standing on a folding chair. Um, so folding chairs definitely never do that. Um, that's <laughs> number one takeaway right. for uh, today's podcast, but yeah, forget, all, forget everything else about style shoes. <laughs> Don't stand unfolding chairs. <laughs> Don't do it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, so I got up on it, and within seconds, I just, yeah, like, my feet went right through it, and I just collapsed on the ground. And I, you know, I'm I'm usually one to just get back up. I, I played volleyball throughout university, um, and so, you know, I, I, you know, you fall down, you get back up. But... I couldn't get up because my foot was stuck between the folds of the chair. Oh, so, no. um, yeah, it was, <laughs> I, uh, but you know, what's amazing about a destination wedding is that you're there with the family and friends for a few days before the actual wedding. 
<clears throat> so you feel like you're a part of the family and you feel like you're a part of the friends. And For sure. So they were so concerned that it wasn't, it like people just really wanted to make sure I was okay. And um, so I was okay. I was just a little shocked by the whole thing. But, you know, we got the chair off and we just kept, kept it moving. The bride and groom was able to get back to their seat. <laughs> was it one of those scenarios where like everybody just kind of crowds around you as you're laying on the, yes. on the floor with your foot yes. in the chair? Oh man. <laughs> exactly. It was um, a forever moment to remember. Yep. Oh wow. Well, I, I have to, I have to reiterate that idea of being almost like a family member to your clients. I shot weddings for about 10 years and that is one of the most beautiful things to me when I look back on that time when I was photographing weddings, it was such, and I can appreciate it even more now in hindsight, it was such a privilege to be let in the way that, that they would let us in, whether we were in a destination wedding or just doing something here local. I'm, I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee, a couple hours from Atlanta in this area, but um, we were working with these clients and there many times for 10, 12, maybe even 14 hours in a day, and, and we're being allowed into some of the most intimate moments and getting to witness just beautiful interactions between, you know, whether it's the bride and her dad or, or mom or between the bride and the groom or between friends and family, whatever it might be. It was such an incredible privilege to be let in during those times. And it's such a cool job that, that we have as wedding photographers. But thanks for, for being willing to share that story with us. And um, uh, you guys need to make sure to, to go to Samantha's YouTube channel. Again, we'll link to this in the show notes. Uh, she's got a wonderful variety of content there, educational content um, that you can take advantage of. So let's let's kind of move in the direction of our topic for today. I mentioned that we're going to be talking about creating an amazing styled shoot. What does that yeah. actually look like? But before we get into kind of the practical steps to creating a, a really great styled shoot, for those who aren't really familiar with the concept, will you share what the, the benefits are? And, and not just for the photographer, because um, I think it's important that when we're creating a, a styled shoot and we're collaborating, as you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, with other people in order to create the shoot, that we're also adding value to them. So w what are the benefits for everybody involved? Yeah, so I I think, you know, being, being able to create a styled shoot um, is an awesome opportunity to collaborate. So um, I'm, I'm really big on teamwork, as I mentioned. And I think for me as a photographer, I'm able to learn so much from the people that basically make these shoots possible, whether it's the cake designer, the florist, or the stationary designer. Um, a style shoot is really just the ability to create something beautiful and use that you know, the photos afterwards as, as content, which is something really powerful in the world of social media. So um, benefits for me as a photographer is definitely being able to have those network connections um, and provide. So this is actually something I didn't even think of until just now, but all of the people that I've worked with on style shoots have ended up being vendors at the weddings that I end up working at. So I see them so often now because I have been able to create something beautiful with them in the past. And my clients have seen those photos and have contacted those other vendors for their wedding, which is really powerful, <clears throat> I think, for other business owners to get a chance to be 
um, seen by my audience and then me also being seen by their audience for sure on, on social media. Um, so it's a lot of cross promotion, um, you know, with, with Instagram, for example, I love to, to make sure everyone is tagged um, if possible. So I put their names in the caption box, Instagram, um, you know, I'll say like florals by such and such planning by such and such. Um, and it's a great resource for, for potential clients to see their whole wedding team right there um, on something that was created in a, in a style shoot um, point of view. So I think that is really great for everyone involved. Um, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of planning ahead of time, but the payoff is incredible. And I've been able to work with some fantastic clients who value certain aspects. So they value fashion, they value <clears throat> style. Um, and, and like last night I had a wedding and the venue was just incredible. And I, I can't help but wonder if my style choose encourages people to um, contact me who have a certain mindset. So I, I've really been able to track my ideal client with my with my style shoot portfolio. And that's actually really interesting to consider that the, the, the fact that you have the opportunity to create with these styled shoots, you can, you can pretty much design any scenario that you can imagine, assuming that the vendors involved are willing to, to collaborate with you and do so. And you can create the scenarios or the looks, the styles that you actually want to photograph your real clients in. And um, so that's, that's really important to consider, particularly for newer photographers who haven't had the opportunity to photograph very many weddings, but they're working at developing their business, developing their network. And so through these styled shoots, they not only have the opportunity to, to network with those vendors that might be involved in helping set up the shoot, uh, and of course do some cross promotion and build their following that way, but then they also have the opportunity to capture really beautiful images that reflect the style that they hope to photograph with their potential clients. So this is, these are really great benefits to keep in mind. And for those photographers who haven't been involved in a styled shoot, certainly these are really, really great reasons to start working and planning a styled shoot. But a styled shoot, as you mentioned, is quite an involved process. And so what I'd love for you to do, if you don't mind, is to walk our listeners through what the key components of setting up an amazing styled shoot are. What, what do those steps look like? Kind of take a step-by-step through that process so that, especially for those who haven't been involved in a styled shoot yet, um, they'll know how to go about that process. Definitely. So I like to start with um, a theme or some type of, it doesn't even have to be a theme. It can just be an idea of some sort. Um, one one of my shoes, I, I really just wanted to have a black a black gown. Like I wanted the, the bride model to wear a black gown. I didn't know too much about anything else, but I just wanted the shoot to be based on the fact that the bride's wearing a black dress. And a theme is key. It sort of guides everything else. Um, so I would say step one, come up with an idea and be inspired by nature, by a movie, um, by a book, anything really. And would you say that you're usually setting that theme or do you sometime run into to styled shoots where, um, or, or are you involved in styled shoots where the, the vendor, one of the vendors involved is setting the theme? I do work with a, a planner who has incredible ideas. She's 
awesome. We've partnered up on so many now that I, I feel like we're we're really a team. So sometimes, yes, sometimes another vendor might have the, the theme and maybe I'll help to refine it based on, you know, my my personal ideas, but um, definitely can be from another vendor. Um, but because usually the other vendors don't come on until later on in the planning, um, sometimes it starts with me or with the planner or the person I'm I'm planning it with. That totally makes sense. Okay, so we start yeah. with the theme. What is what is the yes. next step? What are we jumping to next then? Um, I would put together some type of team. So I like to send emails um, to people ahead of time to give them the theme that I had in mind and ask them if they would be willing to participate in creating the vision. Um, sometimes it's tricky because you're not sure if people will be interested <laughs> to collaborate with you. Sure. But I think one way of doing that or kind of getting over that is instead of just reaching out to people um, and asking them for something, I think you should reach out with the intention of being in service to them um, and thinking about what you can give them. And so what I like to do is let them know that it's an opportunity to network with some local vendors, um, have fun, be creative, and create something beautiful and have the photos afterwards to use on their website, on their social media platforms, or anything else that they may find useful. So that's the next thing. You really got to build a team. Well, and I think you make a, a really important point there, and we can't be reminded of this enough, which is really in any relationship, whether personal or business, that we focus on the value that we're bringing to that relationship. Uh, there's a very classic book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And something that's discussed in that, in that book is, is the, the fact that really at the end of the day, um, it, it's in some ways, I guess, kind of a sad reality, but it's, it's a reality nonetheless. People are interested in themselves. And so if you, if you come into the conversation with, hey, I'm going to do this styled shoot. You guys want to be involved. Uh, and, and it's more about what you're trying to get out of it. The, the interest, the likelihood that these vendors would be involved is going to be significantly less. Um, whereas if you come or in comparison to a scenario where you come to them with the value that they can gain from it from the get go. Hey, look, I'm getting ready to, to set up this styled shoot as an opportunity for us to all develop a portfolio of images that we can use in our website and in social media and marketing. And it's not going to cost you anything other than a little bit of time to be involved. Would you be interested this this idea that they're going to get some free images that they can use for their website, for social media marketing, and so forth, is a, is a big value add. And now you're starting with the value that you're bringing to them. And I think that's a really great starting point for really any relationship, but certainly a business relationship. So that's a that's a great reminder. So we're starting with a theme, and we're putting a team together, and we're emphasizing the value that we're bringing to that relationship. What's next? I like to create a vision board. Um, a vision board is a powerful tool to allow people to see exactly what that theme really could look like. And um, I like to use um, Pinterest or any, really any visual, um, you know, thing that will create some type of collage of images that just convey that theme. So people can kind of use that as inspiration for whatever aspect that they're contributing. So do you Pinterest is awesome. 
<laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, and of course, the cool thing about Pinterest is that it can be shared. So are, are, is this a kind of a collaborative process where you're, I mean, are you sitting down in person and discussing this vision board? Or are you just sharing this through Pinterest? What, what does that process look like in order to collaborate with, with the vendors that are involved? Um, so I have, so I mentioned, I work with an amazing planner. Yes. She, she's really the person that, um, you know, I sit down with, we talk it out and then either she'll create the Pinterest board or I'll send her some photos that I had. And then we like to share that Pinterest board with the team, um, through email. I have had meetings, but you know, getting everyone together in one room is, um, almost impossible sometimes yeah i mean sometimes our teams have 20 people or more and they're all business owners parents um you know they're just busy people so we like to try to keep it through email and then you know just hope that the message is conveyed and if we need to do phone calls we'll do that or we'll keep the email threads going Um, but it's definitely helpful to meet if you can I, I think that's great. In-person meetings are awesome. Well, and, and back to, to a point that we, we made earlier in our conversation, a vision board acts as that, it, it'd be comparable to the, to the values that we were talking about, the big picture view. If everybody's on board and understands the big idea that we're working toward, uh, it's going to be a much more successful styled shoot. So we're starting with the theme. That, that really is the, the beginning, the, the big picture, if you will. We're starting with the theme. We're putting the team together. Then we're effectively communicating that theme to those that are involved through the vision board process. Uh, what, what's the next step? So then you, you need to basically set the date and um, provide everyone with sort of like a, a timeline of how the day is going to go. Um, sometimes the preparation to just set up the, the shoot can take a couple hours because there's hair, there's makeup, there's decor. Um, and so we like to give people a a couple hours just to get set up. And then we have a couple hours to shoot and then maybe another half hour or so to take it all down. So it's, it's definitely after we do all the planning, then we just need to show up and make sure everything, you know, happens the way we imagined it would happen. Certainly. And for the models, are you, do you usually have one of your clients come in uh, as the subject to be photographed or are you hiring a model? What, what does that look like? I like using real couples personally, but you know, sometimes a real couple is not available. So we definitely have used models from agencies and sometimes that comes with a cost or sometimes the agency might have a new face or someone that they want to, you know, get some work um, or some photos of. So We've we've collaborated with modeling agencies as well, and and models are great because they're professional. So it makes it easy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So then you've gotten through this process. You've set up the theme, put the team together, the vision board. You set the date, provide a timeline for the day, and you said that a shoot can take you know all together set up the shoot itself and then take down. You're talking about four to five hours. Um, once you've completed that shoot, then what is the kind of the post process look like? Is there a certain timeline in which you then provide the images to the, the all those who are involved? What does that that whole process look like afterward? Yeah, so um, style shoots it varies. So right now I'm in wedding season, and I think um, for me right now the priority are my my clients who are um, you know expecting their wedding photos, but 
if if I'm in the off season, I like to provide the the photos um, in a few weeks. And of course, I love photographers edit. I have to mention <laughs> but, <laughs> how much I love photographers edit because I'm able to get my post processing done in a timely manner because <laughs> I have help from the awesome people at photographers edit. So thank you. And uh, thank you for the shout out there. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I mean, honestly, I, I, I can't even tell you how, um, I mean, I can be on this podcast right now because I'm able to use photographers edit on a regular basis to help me with my post processing. Um, but I love to turn around images quickly because usually after a style shoot, there's so much energy and so much like you're just so you're having so much fun. And so I like to at least if I can't get the whole shoot done right away, I like to send a sneak peek of a few of the elements so that people can use those to share and to just, you know, keep that excitement going. Um, so I definitely like to send those out as soon as possible if I can. Yeah. And that's that's a great point to make as well. I and mean, one of the benefits of post-production is as much as it can be easy to be apprehensive, giving up that process to somebody else or to another company like Photographer's Edit, one of the benefits is the quick turnaround time. And you know, there, there are a few exceptions in the industry, those who can process an, an event in three or four hours, but that that is absolutely the exception to the rule. The average photographer is spending probably a good 12 to 16 hours, sometimes more. Some photographers say that it'll take them three to four weeks or even more to deliver an event back to their clients. The fact that you're able to turn those images around so quickly means that, as you said, while everybody's still excited about the shoot or your clients are still excited about their wedding and they're excited to see those images, you can you can kind of capitalize on that and and give them images. They're going to be that much more excited about your work and and likely more apt to talk about you to their friends and family and so forth. The other interesting thing that, that you brought up is processing a few images to give as a sneak peek. And um, something that I'm not sure photographers realize is that by doing this, they can actually then share their processing style with our editing team at Photographer's Edit. So if you process, let's say, 10, 20, 50 images, however many to put on the blog or to put on Facebook or just to stick up in a gallery to send to your clients, you've done a little bit of work on those images. Um, our, some of our clients at Photographer's Edit, they'll actually flag those images so that our team knows, hey, use these images as, as a reference, as a starting point in the editing that you're going to do for the rest of the images. And this acts as a really great visual reference for our editing team as they're processing uh, the work for that photographer. So these are really great uh, points of advice and uh, recommendations. And this has been really great to kind of get a, an overview of what the process looks like to create a, a really great styled shoot that's beneficial not only for you, the photographer, and to, to develop your portfolio and to establish a particular style that you want your potential clients to see, but then also, of course, to be a benefit for those other vendors that are involved as well. And I really can't thank you enough for making time. I know you're really, really busy with, with so many different things going on, and especially right after a wedding day, you're, you're tired, but uh, I appreciate you making time to share with us today, Samantha. And how I'd just be curious, and, and again, we'll link, we'll put these links uh, in the show notes, but how can our listeners find you online? What's the best places that they should go to find you online? So I am a huge Instagram fan. So if um, the Boca podcast listeners would like to check out some of my work and just 
follow me, I would definitely direct you to Instagram. And my name on there is Samantha Clark. And of course, if you'd like to visit my website, it's just samantha-clark.com. Perfect. And and again, we'll link to these in the show notes. You guys have to go to Samantha's website. Uh, I have to say, Samantha, your, your smile just kind of draws me in. And it's going to do the same <laughs> for our listeners. You got an absolutely wonderfully engaging smile. And I'm sure that's benefited you and business as well. But you guys go check out Samantha's website and also her YouTube channel, her Instagram account. We'll link to all that in the show notes. Thanks again, Samantha, uh, for coming on and sharing with the Boca Podcast listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Please let us know what you thought by leaving us a review in iTunes. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, Nathan at PhotographersEdit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit PhotographersEdit.com.